positioned correctly. Well, that's what she said. said. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another thrilling episode of Not Only But Also <laughs> with your hosts. What is that voice? It's, it's, so been, it's the it's, it's the, the beep, 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 beep. transatlantic. Yeah. yeah. I'm Audrey Hepburn. I'm Nicole Cottrell. And I am Her Majesty the Queen, <laughs> Renee Ronica Bahati Klug. And as facts would have it, tomorrow I officially go back to Bahati Klug. I have the oh. hearing with the judge tomorrow at two. Really? Yes, they're That's... charging me $333 to get a name that I've had for 30 years. I kind of appreciate that you have to pay for your name back. $333. That's how it should be. La, 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 la. Um, hello. We've had a hello. We've had, like, I've had, like, eight sips of wine um as evidenced by my audrey hepburn impression and it was actually it it was actually Catherine hepburn i'm sorry you're right Catherine hepburn that's i've had two sips or glasses this is my second glass (laughs) oh um but i had some steak you're ahead of me okay Um, and that was it's been over some time we want to start this episode with a shout out to one of our listeners her name is mary and she is amazing and she sent us a gift and we want to say thank you to her for just honoring us and she feels seen by some of the content that we have and that is why we do what we do and so we want to say thank you to you mary because we see you. yes right mary thank you and your card it might have made me cry a little you bit did. you made the eight cry Maybe. and mary is also an eight I ha- oh is she oh i, I did know so. that i believe so um so thank you mary So today is an episode that we were supposed to have recorded two weeks ago, but we did not because we applied what we were going to say in the episode to our actual lives. Because we're cool like that. We are cool like that and we're consistent like that and we are boundaried like that. We are boundaried like that. Which probably would not have happened three years ago. Yeah, I would say I would have just done my regular like, let's just push through. We'll just push through. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. So uh, we're talking about boundaries. Yeah, correct. Which we are talking about. And we were supposed to record, like Renee said, last week. Last week? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, it was the day After. following mm-hmm. the um, Derek Chauvin verdict. And it was just a really heavy emotional day, days following and week. And so – we made the executive decision together that we would wait to record yep. and just give ourselves some emotional space. And it was good. It's true. And, you know, even that day, I realized because of some things that had happened in my personal life, that day allowed me to create new boundaries in my life that I was mm-hmm. able to uphold this week. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, Maybe we'll good. talk about that. I don't know if I want to start there, but we can. Yeah, I like later. that. And this episode also, several of you sent questions in that were not easy. We also did our first Insta Live in lieu of a episode, and we did that last Saturday, the May Something. 1st. The May 1st. And y'all were not playing. No, those questions were real. Renee and I were like, oh, we're going to talk about... Like bubbly yum or bubblicious. Just the fun stuff. And everyone was like, excuse me, how do we dismantle the patriarchy? Go. Yes. Yeah. So we did answer those questions. <laughs> it was actually really fun. It's still on our page. And you can see it on our Instagram. If you missed that, be sure to check it out. And, I know. And you can see our faces, which, I mean, maybe that's it's true. good. And my hair is straight. <laughs> Normally, my hair is not straight. But um, that's the only thing that's a little bit of an anomaly. But another thing is uh, we did save that episode, but your comments got 
deleted. I don't know what happened. We're not so, fancy with the technology. We're not fancy. We're and I think I needed to save it as an IGTV video and not as a story or whatever. I don't know what I did. Whatever I pressed was wrong. But you can still watch it. It's up. Yes. Okay. So how are we starting? What do you want to start with? Boundaries, boundaries. So I can, I can start here. I have not told a lot of people that we have this podcast. I know um, this and I know this to be true. And I do not um, – I do not – showcase this podcast very often, if ever, on Facebook, mm-hmm. as well as a lot of other things on Facebook as a boundary, mm-hmm. because I want to be able to say what I want to say here. And I actually believe, and I have been a person who has been in ministry for over 20 years, that this podcast is actually more of a ministry to me than any other official ministry that I've ever been a part oh. of. And But it's so sacred to me that there are certain people I know will disapprove yeah, because maybe I don't act according to whatever theology they've concocted or they've bought into that they believe that I should and I haven't and I'm like you know what you don't get That's to right. know the things that I'm doing mm-hmm. I know it's so interesting to like have a thing that you find sacred and and good in one part of your life and then feel like you can't share that in another part of your life but it is kind of quintessential boundary setting I mean it's part of in order for something to stay sacred and good, sometimes you have to keep it from other influences in your life. Right. Or to protect it. Or allowing people to speak into something that you're not interested in hearing their opinion on. <laughs> yes. And I, and I think as somebody who had been who has been so interested or preoccupied with hearing other people's opinions right. my whole life, I'm like, I'm all out. Yeah. I don't like, want to hear out. your thoughts. But maybe we should pause here. What are boundaries? What are boundaries? Multifaceted. Um, do I have to pull up an official definition? You don't have to. Definition? Uh, boundaries are the idea of keeping things separate um, in areas of your life. Yeah. Um, separate or protected. Um, I don't like the word secret because I don't think that that's actually true. Um, I agree. They are ways of actually helping keep things secure. Yeah. And, yeah, available to you in the ways that feel and seem best to you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting, too, because boundaries has become a very trendy word. And the idea of boundaries has become really trendy. And so I naturally always push back against things that are, you know, the cool kids are doing. Um, so – it's not something – it's not really a phrase that I use a lot, but it is a practice that I've gotten a lot better at, specifically in the last year. Yeah. But um, but generally, in general, I wouldn't have maybe called it boundaries at other parts of my – points in my life, but trendiness aside, it's important. Yeah, and I think in our culture, the culture of very much um, maybe even work hard – play hard but work even harder than if you play hard like justify your play with your work i'll pour that wine pour that wine (laughs) i'm getting it and um you know that kind of thing i think a lot of times we forget to put up boundaries or because of social media takes away a lot of boundaries we forget to put them up that was a nice pour thank you and hefty i think that it's important so some of the biggest scholars i think are people or whatever voices we have the cloud and townsend boundaries that came out in the 90s we have Brene brown who says this she says this is from a video by the work of the people it's an interview she did and this is a paraphrase but in that it's a 
great video. It's like five minutes. She says that the most boundaried people are often also the most compassionate people. Mm -hmm. So when you think about what compassion is, compassion is our ability. It's empathy and action. That's how I like to define it. Empathy is our ability to feel what other people are feeling, but compassion is actually doing something about that feeling. But if the most compassionate people are also the most boundaried, that means that we don't just give to everybody who we're feeling for. We truly have discernment, which we can talk about the Jesus It also naturally sounds like hearing that quote from Brene Brown. It sounds counterintuitive. It sounds counterintuitive to say that oftentimes the most compassionate people are the most boundaried people because I think for me at least – up until recently, I would have said I had more of a negative connotation towards the idea of boundaries and I would have thought, well, that might just be someone who's blocking things off or people who are over-responding or over-reacting, yeah. people drawing boundaries that they don't necessarily need to draw or out of fear or out of these other motivators that I maybe would have questioned. And I have certainly seen that, but then I can think for myself when I draw boundaries that I know that I need for myself the capacity that that actually expands for me, what it actually gives me and lets me do in my life for the people that I want to serve and love um, because I'm not tapped out in all of these other areas. Mm -hmm. So yeah, following it through, yes. I I love where you're going there. And I think that's, you know, we were trying to work out kind of our outline. We don't normally outline because that's not really how we roll, but I think this is a good way to go. I I would love to talk about how you and I had a shared kind of boundary that we learned from within our church that we're not going to go into specifics to honor the person, but I think it's a good example. And then from there, I would like to talk in generalities maybe about how you Mm. and I have become more boundary this year separately, however. But you know, in the church, I think it's sometimes really easy Mm -hmm. not to have boundaries. For me personally, I didn't have a lot of boundaries because I felt like it was God's will that I would be missing. If I said no to somebody, somehow I would be held accountable if anything went wrong. Mm-hmm. That is false. It's so messed up. Because as Nicole will explain later, Jesus actually had really good boundaries. And he didn't just do everything for everybody just because they needed him, him or wanted him or right. guilt or passive aggressively asked him to do that. But there was somebody at our uh, church who um, her mental health started deteriorating, deteriorating, just like my speech is deteriorating. <laughs> it's called a whoa, 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 wine. Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> but uh, she came into our community about 10 years ago and she was quite a force, but I, I think that she had had, a, I know that she had had a lot of abuse her whole life in our community, happened to be a safe one for her and she was able mm. to kind of, um, rely on people for the first time that and she'd never been able to do that before right that's true all right and it turned out that people started to give and give Mm -hmm. and give and there were certain people who were able to give more than others Uh uh-huh and they gave also true and gave and gave and gave and gave and gave and this person started to get worse and worse Mm -hmm. and worse yes and worse And the more people gave, the worse this person got. And then it was time to just say no. No. As the old bumper sticker goes. And it was difficult. And I will say this was this was during a time where I was not we were not as financially able to give. Somebody else in the room was a lot more able to give. And so but I want to say, Nicole, like what was your 
honoring this person what yes. was the line in the sand that you were like we got to draw a boundary with this person oh, that's a good and it was question. healthy this was the act of compassion um i do think that there were certainly i'll say this i think in all of the giving that happened and that giving and we're talking like five figures dollars just i mean over time over years sure sure still- yeah from everyone um first Absolutely. I, I have no question that there were times that we were supposed to give. I don't think we were misled in that. Sure. I think that we were listening to the Holy Spirit. But the thing for me that was kind of the like, oh, no, moment was a lot of us getting together and sharing how we were giving and realizing there was a lot of overlap and misinformation and or manipulation and that was for me my, I'm not doing this anymore yep. because I realized that I was being manipulated and really, I'll say this as someone who, you know, like I count myself as I have a really good BS sniffer and I, people do not take advantage of me. That is just not something that I've struggled with in my life because of my personality. I really felt like I was taken advantage of yeah. and um, it was my first real experience with enabling Hmm. and i felt so convicted that i had been an enabler and just felt so i was just very upset with that reality because it turned out this person was a hardcore addict and we did not realize that yeah i mean yes and no yes but yes enabling just in so many ways so many just enabling unhealth even and i didn't want any part of that yeah and um yeah, I mean, that story could go on and on. There's a whole bunch that I've learned through that. I am I am thankful for what I feel like I can see now. Um, and that relationship is still intact. Yeah. Um, and we, but we have way different boundaries now as to how we interact with that person. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think it's been really freeing too for the entire church at large because it turned out that this person was asking for for different people to pay the same bill. And these people didn't interact with each other until like one freak baby shower mm-hmm. where we all of these yeah. bizarre intersections came together yeah. and people who normally weren't together were in a room. Right. And I think that's when our eyes were opened. But also I think that, um, you know, that I think for me was a big alarm that there have been so many people who whether whatever their belief system is they are their unhealth is to a point where it's it's better for you to let professionals handle it not you like you Nicole but you yes. and us it's better for us without to a let doubt. professionals handle it I'll say this that is a boundary that I have now learned to draw as quickly as I possibly can to be able to say to someone um this is above my pay grade yep have you spoken to a counselor about this? Yes. I'm not comfortable listening to you talk about this anymore. Correct. You need to go find a professional you can speak to. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all things that I have now said, and not just to this person we're talking about, to other people, because oh, yeah. I can recognize it way faster now when someone has a thing that this keeps going and it's beyond what I feel equipped or comfortable yep. with handling. Oh, I can, right away I can do that. And that is not something, that's a boundary for me. Yeah. Previously, I would have been like, "Oh, let's talk it out. Oh, we can talk. We can do this." And I would, I mean, I would go long with people. Nope. 
Yep. I don't do that anymore. I know. It's true. And I think sometimes to some of your questions, you know, if it's somebody who's suicidal, if it's somebody Mm -hmm. with major mental health, if it's somebody with substance abuse, you can stay alongside that person and outsource treatment. Absolutely. And you should be doing that. Because that is the most loving thing to do. It's the most loving thing for that person. And it's the most loving thing for you. I thinking through how much time and energy, not that was just wasted, but that wasn't resourced appropriately for someone who needed beyond care beyond what I could provide. Mm-hmm. Maybe that person would have gotten care sooner if we yeah. had been able to draw those boundaries sooner. I don't know. I can't play the what ifs. That's not healthy either. But Oh, no, I, I'm not trying to be a professional therapist for anybody. I know. Sorry. My children are jumping up and down off It's like bed. a little stampede of And it's a little stampede. There. So I need to uh, <laughs> text my husband and uh, please. Okay, go ahead. You go. Okay, so talk to me about, um, you know, and I'll even say, you know, I had – uh, I don't know if it was, a, it was not so much of a mental health episode, but an emotional health, health episode in 2016, 17, when every, all of, I've talked about this before. It was the worst. And I actually was just talk, uh, texting with one of my closest friends because I'm close to graduating. And she remembers, you know, when everything kind of fell apart for me. And I, I honestly thought, like I honestly was to a point in life when I thought that my lot was never to have any of my dreams come true, mm-hmm. never to have any of my financial needs met, that my lot was to help others succeed while I failed. Like yeah. I actually was yeah. to that point in my head and it was not a good place. And I I was spiraling and I, I it's still the, listen, y'all know a lot of the trauma that I've been through. That was probably one of the most traumatic time periods. And my first memory at three years old was of being, sexually molested all right and yeah. that was more traumatic to yeah. me than than all of that other stuff because it felt like my whole world had just spun out yeah and I remember saying I remember saying to you in the phone I remember where I was I was in the car in the parking garage at my uh school saying where at my place of work um like I can't even talk to you about this I have to talk to a counselor about yeah. this because it was just too much and I needed to go on medication because for me, I needed to draw even my friends needed to draw a boundary. I needed to draw a boundary. And I just, I remember you heard our episode on therapy. I had to get myself to get thee to a. Get thee to a therapist? A coven, what is it? The Shakespeare? Nunnery. Get a thee nunnery. to a nunnery. Oh. I needed to get the, get me to a Nanette. <laughs> and I needed, I just was like, listen, I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not playing. I am not playing. I need to. And for me, it was deconstructing my toxic faith yeah and i think it was having a win <laughs> yes having a win also helped yes, after of course. a series Absolutely. of not wins you know with you know everything falling as it having would having and as it should apart. anyway but i want to say right there I, I i appreciate that because that was one of the worst years of my life like one of the most if i was still in an unhealthy place it would have been a year of shame but now i see it as a bright spot because yeah. i'm like i got to the end of myself and then i rose and I think that that's good. So as I finish this text to my to my <laughs> husband that just says, please stop, I'm going to let Nicole talk about uh Is he going to know what that's in reference year. to? No, I'm going to tell. I have Wait, to I'm talking it. about this year for me? Or 2020? Yes, or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Oh, gosh. I just need to write this text. Yeah, take, write your text. Okay, let's see. Not this year. This year's, if anyone's ever listening to this, this is evergreen topic, but that would be, this would be 2021. The 2020 
when all the s hit the fan as we all know and renee we both experienced real shifts in relationships Mm -hmm. shifts in friendships uh family relationships my therapist said 2020 was a relationship altering year and that's definitely what i felt and experienced and i'll say this i thought like if you had asked me like pre-2020 i'd have been like oh yeah i'm pretty good at setting boundaries like i've always jokingly said like i know when to say no i don't have a problem saying yes to too many things which is one like kind of thing that people talk about around boundaries like oh i need to say no to more things i don't really have a problem saying no to things and i would have said i have my boundaries are great and then 2020 happened and then relationship things with my family members happened as a friendly reminder 2020 was the year of the triple pandemic of (laughs) covid19 racism and polemics fueled by politics Mm -hmm. and um Oh, yeah. I mean, there was even more. But yes. And I, gosh, I realized how how bad I actually was at setting boundaries with a couple of people in particular in my life. There. That, I think, is true. Which, with some family members, which, you know, the... Those relationships are complicated. I mean, family relationships are complicated. And what what I realized, which was kind of an eye-opener for me about the topic of boundaries, is... We all have these roles that we play inside of our families, (gasps) right? Have we talked about this? No, but yes. Okay, so we all have these roles that we play inside of our family. Like if you're, you know, you're the peacemaker in your family or you're like the fun-loving, like chill person. The rescuer. You're the rescuer. The strong one. You're the savior for everyone. You're the strong, steady one for your family. You're the voice of wisdom for your family. You're the rich one. Yes, exactly. And you can be more than one of these, by the way. But we all have these roles oh that we gosh, fit into into like our elephants. family. They are like elephants. What are they doing up there? I don't know. They have bunk beds. I'm imagining they're jumping. From and um, that was really exposed in 2020. And I realized that my role in the family prohibited me in many ways from setting boundaries that I should be setting as an adult. Because I would just fall into the role of like, oh, well, this is what I've always done. And this is what everyone's always expected of me. And this is how they're used to me responding. So I just should just respond like that. And I should just shut up. And I should just, you know. No, were they re- used to you shutting up? Um, No, not necessarily shutting up. So what were they used to you doing? So, I mean, how specific do I want to yeah, get? Yeah, whatever. Uh, you need to honor your boundaries. Yeah. Thank you. I am going to honor my boundaries. Renee. I do want to throw everybody <laughs> under the fucking bus. But <laughs> oh, it's very tempting. It's so tempting. But then I think about like the flip side of this episode and I'm like, oh, good Lord. No way. I can't Uh-oh. do that. Evan's going to have to put an E on this episode. Um, Yeah, that was your second um, F bomb on the old. No, this was just the first F bomb. Oh, my second F bomb ever. There was a third, but that got deleted. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. We Evan did it out. Um, I won't get too specific, but I think that I was used to, I realized that I would push, 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 push like I do. I mean, I'm, I know how to push buttons and boundaries and speak my mind. But then once people got upset or reached a point where they were upset and they didn't want to engage anymore, I would acquiesce to make them feel better. I've seen you do this. Mm-hmm. Then you it becomes like a person named soothing. Jay. Yes. Who manipulated the fuck out of you. 
Yes, which leads me to another point, actually speaking of Jay, that um, I feel like maybe we're being too nebulous because we're not being super specific, but hopefully people are trucking with us. Hopefully the wine is serving us and the go, 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 there's a pour. Um, hopefully the wine is serving us and people are trucking with us, but you bringing that up makes me think too. And something you said earlier about, you know, you said you would say yes to everything because you think, well, if I don't say yes, like I might be stepping outside of God's will. I don't want to miss these opportunities. That's also in how I responded with this J person. One of the lies that the church has fed us is that good Christians say yes. And good Christians forgive quickly. And good Christians forgive. And good Christians don't pick fights. And they reconcile right away. And good Christians reconcile right away. And so what happened was I had this completely forced, phony, I can't think of another word that I want. Acquiescence. Yes, where I was forced into mediation with a person with whom I did not do anything wrong. I know that I didn't. And I had to apologize multiple times to a person who was basically throwing a temper tantrum. Uh, that's essentially what it was. Man- v- man- a very manipulative ten- temper tantrum. I just want to say her name first. I can't uh, remember her last name, but I would say no, it. No, don't say it. It's not worth it. But, but yeah, I I'm think that's some something that the church tricks us with sometimes. Not like God's body, but like oh. churchianity tricks us and says... It's so good, right? So I just upgraded from one kind of wine to another kind of wine, <laughs> and the new one was is way better. It is so good. <laughs> I'm laughing. Why are you laughing? <laughs> are we all over the place? <laughs> He's like, crazy. okay. So yes, so that's kind of thing. And have you? Know, yeah, we're kind of avoiding. <laughs> no, the whole I'm saying Paris it doesn't thing. matter. The church will tell us that we have to forgive right away. What forgiveness should look like an immediate timeline, reconciliation. I'm not saying that those things aren't biblical, but those don't have to happen outside of the boundaries that you have for yourself. Yep. And th- I was forced into a scenario that was outside of the boundaries that I would have set for myself. Correct. I didn't feel like I had the power or permission in that instance to say, I'm not comfortable with this. I've already apologized. I don't need to have a mediation meeting because it, well, I'd already also, I'd also already apologized. Um, So I think we could talk, we probably will talk of other points about how the church kind of forces us one way or the other. And we let go of some of what are inherent boundaries that we should be able to uphold. In order to be happy, clappy Christians. That's right. In order to look a certain way. To look a certain way, to be a certain way, to make sure there aren't anybody, there's nobody feeling uncomfortable. Right. But I think if anything, what 220, (laughs) what 220 (laughs) taught us, what 2020 taught us. Yes, get it. (laughs) Is that we are going to be uncomfortable and either we are going to sink, swim, and those of us who are going to sink are likely going to drown. And a lot of us, listen, yeah. I feel like what you and I did in 2020 is we fucking got up on that water and we <laughs> walked. <laughs> listen, I'm not drawing any boundaries around my swearing today. You just have to get, deal with it. Um, okay, so you talk. So no, no, no. Now it's still your turn. Oh, it's still so my 2020, turn. 2020. Oh, no. And I know you don't. You don't have to necessarily talk about all the details, but. You drew some really, really hard boundaries around people yeah. who I think had expected you to act a certain way. Yes. Who were ruffled when you didn't act that way. Yes. 
who also didn't understand who you were intrinsically as a black woman. Yes. And who inadvertently, I will give them the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. that they inadvertently violated your blackness. Yeah. To favor their political ideology. I think that's fair. I think that's all true and all fair. And I would I would love to say, oh, I came up with this magical way of creating boundaries that let me, you know, express my full um, self and and my blackness, and it it's all you know easy peasy. And but that's not true. That's what the reality is. Is what we started talking about in the beginning. We have to draw boundaries sometimes to just keep things protected. Mm-hmm. And I've now drawn boundaries with relationships be- and I've just flatly said I will not talk to you about race at all period and I and these are family members family members people that I love that I know love me that I would say I am close with or have some measure of closeness with and I have made a hard boundary of I will not discuss these things with you at all anymore and people were a little shocked that I even said that out loud and thought that I said that maybe just I was having an emotional response, but I mean it. And I haven't had those conversations and since that time. And I don't want to. And, and I'm so glad because it's not your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. Also, it's fair to say one thing too around boundaries is they're allowed to change whenever. Yeah, There's no expiration date. Mm-hmm. There's no time limit. If I decide next week, you know what? I do want to talk with you all about race now because I feel like this or I feel I'm ready to whatever. That's okay too. Yeah, I I have the I have the freedom to do that. But as it stands right now, I don't need I don't owe any explanation beyond what I've offered, and that could go until forever. Yeah, and that's okay too. I agree. And the thing is, is there were several of you who actually wrote in on Instagram, which we appreciate uh, about boundaries. But specifically, you really talked about boundaries relating to mothers and or family members. There was a couple of people who said family members and one person specifically who said mothers and you freaking poked the bear. You know who (laughs) you are. (laughs) And, um, and I didn't know if you meant like us as mothers, but I'm pretty sure you meant our own mothers. And listen, we gotta be real delicate, you know, Mm -hmm. about talking about these kinds of things. But Listen, mother stuff came it's to the hard. foreground yeah. in 2020. Yeah, it's hard. Especially when you have moms who politically are on the opposite end of the aisle. True, 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 true. And who <laughs> want to uphold a president who you oh, are yeah. triggered by on the so daily. So many things, so many things. And I will say that, bo- okay, I, we Nicole and I found out this year that we are actual sisters. Our mother is the same person. They're very similar. they similar. happen to be two different they're people. They're very, very similar. But they're, they're very similar. They're different, of course. In ways that are encouraging for us, for me and you, yeah. to like process things, not, yes. And those, th- that's helpful. Okay, yeah. so what are some things we, what are some ways we've set boundaries with parents? I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> yesterday so okay let me preface this so things really came to a and I kind of talked I tiptoed around this earlier but in 2020 you know I I started a company I'm a full-time doctoral student I have a full-time job I got three kids I got a lot happening and I had some serious pressures from family members who were questioning my parenthood they were questioning all of these things and yet I happened to have a sibling who was doing several things, mm-hmm. who happens to also have a penis. Mm-hmm. This which sibling, you do not. Which I do, do not, not have a penis. Mm-hmm. I've got jugs, and mm-hmm. they are amazing. <laughs> and 
<laughs> they are. Listen, you got to own what you own. And, um, but anyway, this sibling got zero, zero mm-hmm. pushback. Yeah. This sibling got lauded mm-hmm. for all of the things. Yeah. That they were doing. Got shamed. Right. I got reprimanded. I got chastised. I got told to shut up. Mm-hmm. If I were a man. If you were a man. That would not have happened. And I put up a hard yeah. boundary. Yeah. And I did not tell them any of the major things that happened this semester. And when they found out after the fact, they were upset with me. Mm -hmm. And I told them, you told me You reminded them. I reminded them. Of what was communicated to you. Of what was communicated to them. And both people said, I must have been angry when I said that. Mm -hmm. And the other person said, I don't remember saying that. You must have heard that. Mm -hmm. Don't gaslight me. That's right. Don't gaslight me. So that actually happened. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. That was the that was so kind of the way that I recommunicated that. It's true. I didn't I even mean. say one swear. <laughs> so yesterday, a family member, a different one than these other, because they all are out to get me. Uh, just kidding. Another family member yesterday, and listen, they they watch my kids. It's fantastic. They as they were dropping off my kids, one of my children um, is a reluctant eater, resistant eater. We've taken them to therapy. I'm going to use they them because I don't want to out any of my children. We've taken them to therapy. And we've done a lot, but this child eats a certain amount of things, and that's that. Yeah. And listen, a lot of kids are like that, mm-hmm. and we do our best. But guess what? I am not going to force feed carrots down a kid. Right. I'm just not. I'm going to give you some chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. If you. That's I'd what you're going to eat. Feed you chicken nuggets. Right. Right, then give you kale. Right, I just I don't I I don't have time. Yeah, you it's to so, do that. It's anyway. Yes. So yesterday, and I haven't actually told Nicole this story. I just sent her the text. Put up a boundary. Yeah, <laughs> I'm prepared for this episode. And as we were doing the child exchange yesterday, a person, a family member, handed me uh, some printed papers from Mayo Clinic. And it was to the effect of, your child is this height and this weight. Right. Your child is effectively underweight. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. And it's all this self-assessment crap, yes. right? And you right. print it off and you pretend like you're Dr. Mayo. Yeah. Dr. And I looked, Mayo. At a, I looked at this parent who I just outed. I looked at this parent and I said, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And the parent was like, what? Got real offended. Yeah. Because also in the culture that I come from, you don't talk back to your parents even right. if you're 43 years old. Right. I was like, I don't want this. And I was like, you know why? Because if this child was fat, it would be the same thing. Right. It would be your child is too fat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care. We're doing the best we can. If you've got a problem with it, you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm dealing with it the way that I can. And yeah. I shoved those papers back. And this parrot was not happy. But I was thrilled and I didn't feel like I disobeyed my parent or my God. Yes. I feel like I said, heave ho to you Mm -hmm. and your micromanaging ways. Because this same parent, after I would spend four to five hours cleaning during my lowest times, that time frame that I just referenced earlier in this episode, would come over to my house and re-clean it because he didn't think that I did a good enough job. You know the two words that I would like to use right now, but in honor of God and my parents, you won't. I will not use those two words, but you can best believe 
that I really wanted to say them. It's a pony poop. Pony poop. Poop. Okay, who tell are me, you? Tell me how you feel like. Well, first of all, I'm. Right? No, it's so good. Take you and your Mayo Clinic fake doctor visit yeah. away from me. So, for those of us who have parents that are like this and keep in mind nicole and i are not 18 i know like i'm a grown woman for 18 times two plus five like i have yes we have have three children uh i have a high schooler almost like there's no okay so for those of us who have parents like this how do you feel like you got to this point like what happened i don't know how did you come to be able to draw those kinds of boundaries because uh, I've known you a long time. Yeah. And I know three years ago, four years ago, you would never responded like that. No, I would have just taken and I would have I know. cried. I know. And I would have been I would have been Googling all day today the doctors to yeah. help my person, right. my child who was underweight, who's not actually underweight. Who's not actually underweight. And um yes, eats too many cookies and chicken nuggets. But But so do we all. Yeah, listen, shout out to Costco and the Dino Nuggets. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for sustaining our children. God um, bless you. So I I've thought about this. I think it's several fold. And all right. I am not one to say and I think that Nicole, you're gonna be able to weave in boundaries into what I'm saying, but I haven't I'm 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 saying it as I'm thinking it. So I do not believe that the Lord inflicts pain upon us to bring us to a better version of ourselves. I don't believe that. I do believe that we get opportunities, that shit happens. And that sometimes we rise and sometimes we fall and sometimes we do both. And I did both. But I think in my rising, I realized that a lot of the shame that I had, a lot of the the agony, a lot of the the dreams that were dashed were built on expectations that I allowed others to create for me mm-hmm. to determine yeah. my worth. Yeah. And I think when they all fell apart, I actually now was at a crossroads of saying nothing nothing that I wanted to happen mm-hmm. personally, professionally, academically were going to happen. They actually were not going to happen. The things that I wanted were not going to happen, mm-hmm. period. They were not going to happen. So then I had to make a choice. Like, was my life going to be over or was I going to go after what yeah. I actually wanted? Yeah. But then I had to figure out what I actually wanted because yeah. I realized that for the majority of my adult life, I had been chasing and succeeding and doing and all of those things. And I don't think I did anything wrong. I don't think that I did anything uh, disingenuously. I don't think that I faked any of it. Right. I did what I thought I knew best to do. Mm -hmm. And when it all came to a screeching halt, I was like, so what do I actually believe? Yeah. And what do I actually want? Mm Mm-hmm. And that is when I realized that I was no longer an evangelical. That is when I realized that I was no longer a Republican. That was when I realized that I was no longer acquiescent. Mm-hmm. And that was when I also realized that there was way more of a ferocious tiger in me mm-hmm. who I had like been drugging all of these years for the sake of a watered down gospel. Yeah. 
And once I like tapped on that tiger and I was like, you and I are the same. Yeah. So y'all, you need to like come to the forefront. When I let that, when I woke that, when I woke that tiger up, fear went away. It's and good. it actually centered, it, it clarified all of the things. And I think that's why now I know, yep, nope, yep, nope, yep, nope. I mean, in essence, it's making me think of it's for you, in order for you to be your true self, your, I hate the phrase authentic self, but it's true, your authentic self, the person that you've always been all along, you had to draw boundaries to be able to protect that person and right. let that person, let that wholeness of you thrive. Right. And I will say this, and listen, there's a woman named Nedra Thawab. Thawab. She's so Thawab. good. I N-E-D-R-A T-A-W-W-A-B. And look, this is something that would have brought me a tremendous amount of shame years ago. This but is I'm her gonna, Instagram we're This referencing. is her Instagram. And this was posted today is May Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo. Don't appropriate today. All right. Uh, that's a different conversation. It don't is. Don't appropriate today. <laughs> so don't pretend like you're Mexican. Just for today. All right. So this is what she says. A little secret from a therapist. She's the therapist. A parent, sibling, ooh, family member. Oh, Nicole, hear this. I know. I know. Heart. I know it. A I know parent, it is. sibling, family member, close friend, spouse, or strangers can be envious of you. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't think you're doing much, it can be something for others to envy. Feeling envious is the result of how someone feels about themselves. themselves. That's right. And you cannot Say it louder for people in the back. Say it. Get it. And you cannot change the way someone views themselves. That's right. Repeat after me. This is not me. This is her. I am accepting that I do not need to be less to make others feel comfortable with me. Mm -hmm. And I cannot change the way people feel about themselves. So good. That's, I think, what I learned. Yes. Over yes. the last three years that I was afraid of making people uncomfortable That's with right. me. Mm-hmm. And now, look, and I don't want people to feel, I, look, I still want to be liked. It's all about them. It's, a, it's you're dealing with the reactions yeah, but if you're of not how they like feel me, about themselves. You're missing out because I'm right. awesome. That's exactly right. Anyway, I feel like I've gone on too much. So it's your turn. <sighs> no, I love it. So good. Um, oh God, this wine is so it's so good right it's gonna give me a headache but it's so good i know i I definitely really shouldn't drink anymore especially if i want to finish this episode in any coherent manner so here's what we would love for you to do rate review subscribe and tell us how much you love us because we are just so lovable (laughs) so lovable but it actually does make a difference and it does help people find this podcast if you like this podcast and you care about not only, but also, you know, if you drop a little line there on Apple Podcasts and give us a little review, it actually means something. It does. And on Facebook, on Instagram, on any of these kinds of things. Listen, if we in any way have helped you see the both and better, let other people know so they too can see more clearly. We are Noba Podcast everywhere. Thank you.